We don't want to teach you to focus on those $3 lattes. We want to focus on the $30,000 problems. Hello, Miss Independence, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, we have a really special episode where we're going to go over personal finance. Hey, guys, welcome back. We've been talking about a lot of different items through some of our past episodes. And what we're ultimately trying to do is build your financial knowledge and literacy one step at a time. So we don't want to just throw all of this information at you and then have you be overwhelmed and think, okay, where do I go from here? We're trying to make it as simple as possible and help you build goals and build understanding one step at a time. Something that we talked about before, just from a personal mindset standpoint, is looking at your financial situation and you know, doing a bit of reflection from a place of non-judgment. So you always want to work towards moving forward instead of feeling bad about what you did in the past. It's so easy to get into this mindset and this negative loop of feeling like you're the victim and everybody hates you and, you know, you're never going to become rich. So we're going to talk a bit about mindset in further episodes and have some great guests that help you get out of that mentally. But ultimately, whenever you're doing any reflection and thinking about where you want to be, start from a place of non-judgment and work forward instead of looking back. That's the only way that you're going to get to where you want to be. And one thing that's really critical that we've talked about briefly is having self-discipline, which means understanding what you need to give up now in order to get to where you want to be later. Stop going broke trying to look rich this is something that me and katie have talked about before as well you know don't buy the chanel bag if you're only going to put five dollars in it go and buy a secondhand chanel bag if you really want a designer bag if chanel is your goal (laughs) if chanel is your goal i don't know and the last piece that we talked a bit about we spoke about budgeting is understanding how much money you have coming in and out of your accounts monthly so ultimately your end goal should always be to have more money coming in then you're spending. All right, guys. So a lot of you or a lot of people rather have asked me how I invest and I have had some significant returns on investments I've made. Just a shameless self promo. I have a finance YouTube channel, Katie Carlos Finance Club, that I run with actionable investment advice to get you where you want your portfolio to be. But before I can teach you any of that and before me and Nika can talk about investing strategies, you need to be in a financially stable place. That means having an emergency fund and that means being debt free. I wouldn't recommend investing unless you have at least six months of expenses tucked away in an accessible way. For me, that means keeping it in my TFSA, which is the tax-free savings account, which we briefly talked about before. And just a reminder, if you don't have one, you can open one up online easily through your broker, whether that be your bank or a discount brokerage like Wealthsimple. Katie, hold up. Why would someone need to have six months of expenses? Like that's a lot to have lying around, especially for someone that's in school or somebody that, you know, is just starting off in their career. Why why do you think it's important to have an emergency fund and why six months? Yeah, that's a great question and a fair point. Emergency funds are important because life throws curveballs at you all the time, especially when you least expect it. 
And it's important to be financially prepared when these stressful times come your way. So let's look at right now, for example, with COVID. So many people unexpectedly got fired or laid off from their jobs. And if you were in the situation and had an emergency fund of at least six months, I can guarantee you were a lot more calm about it and you had the advantage of taking a little more time when it came to finding a job that interests you and making sure that it was a good fit for you rather than being panicked and taking any job that popped up just to get some income coming in. Katie, I think that's great, but not everybody starts off in the same place. A lot of our listeners will have different and unique financial goals that suit them. What we can do, I guess, when we're talking about some of these strategies for personal finance is group goals into different categories. So the first goal, if you're for looking at a timeline in terms of building wealth, the first goal that you should have, especially if you're new to thinking about personal finance, is to be debt free. Here's our goal. We want to help our listeners become debt-free and learn how to build wealth. And it's going to take time, and we're here on this journey with you. But before we can teach you how to build wealth, we need to teach you how to get rid of debt. So the first golden rule that we want to instill in you is never have a plan for money that you don't currently have in your account. What that means is the new Yeezys are going on sale and you're thinking about, oh, damn, I want to buy these new Yeezys. Like, I really need them. No, you don't need them. They're shoes. You can get Nikes that are way less expensive and, you know, you're still you're still great. <laughs> and probably more comfortable. <laughs> probably more comfortable. Those Yeezys are a want, right? So you've got to be thinking in terms of that. And never have a plan to buy those Yeezys if you don't have that money sitting in your account and it's already allocated for. Don't buy things without being able to afford them. Ideally, you also shouldn't use your credit card unless you have the money to be able to pay for it in your account. So with that being said, how do you actually become debt-free? Well, you need to make sure that every single month, a significant portion of the money that's coming in is going to pay off your debt. For our listeners, student debt might be a larger portion of the kind of debt you're carrying, or it might be credit card debt. So if you have both, what you want to do is think about which one you're prioritizing. Personally, I would prioritize credit card debt first because those interest payments and those interest charges build up and they really affect your credit score moving forward. So a lot of investment strategies will talk about how to save $3, you know, avoid buying a cup of coffee every day and then look at how that $3 adds up over time. And we've talked about it, like buying things like avocado toast when you have avocados at home. A much better strategy is to think about the areas that don't save you $3, but the areas that save you $30,000. And that is interest. So credit card interest, student debt interest, and if you have other kinds of debt, let's say you have a mortgage, that's another kind of interest. How do you work backwards and use budgeting to help you minimize interest? So it's really important to get familiar with what you earn versus what you spend. And we've talked about this, being mindful of the money of coming in, coming out. And when you're faced with spending money on something, a budget helps you stop and think about the purchase. Budgeting, or if you hate the word, we'll call it financial mindfulness like we did before. I know everybody hates the word budgeting. When you're faced with spending money on something, a budget makes you stop and think about the purchase. And there's a lot of myths around budgeting, which we'll dig into a little bit. Myth one, you don't need a budget if you have enough money to pay all your bills. False. If you have enough money to pay all your bills, a budget helps you save and build financial wealth. Myth two, you don't need a budget when you don't make enough money. 
False. This is when a budget really helps you. If you're not making enough money, a budget helps you understand how much money you're actually spending, where you can cut expenses, and where you have opportunities to actually earn more or save more. Myth three, budgets are strict and they only tell you what you can't buy. False. A budget helps you understand and build space for some of the things that you actually want to buy. So they help you in that sense and they're only as strict as you want them to be. Ultimately, you are in control of your spending and a budget will help you build that understanding comfortably. Myth four, budgeting is too much and takes a lot of time. False. We have an amazing free worksheet that's available on our website, misfindependent.com. Head over there, sign up for our email list. We promise not to spam you. We're going to send you really great content that will help you build your financial goals. And one of the great resources that we have on there is a budgeting worksheet that helps you input some of your non-negotiable monthly expenses and what your income looks like. And you keep it like we don't see any of this information. It's a worksheet that you download, you keep on your computer, but that's just an example of some of the resources that um, that we have available for you guys. Okay, so when we talk about budgeting, we talk about taking an inventory of your finances. And while doing this, there are important questions that you need to ask yourself. So the first question you should always ask yourself is how much money are you bringing in each month? Is it $2,000? Is it $5,000? The income that you're bringing in is really going to help create a basis for your budget. The second question you need to ask yourself is, is the income consistent month to month? Are you bringing in more income one month than you are the other month? Hey, Katie, can I butt in for a sec? Um, no. (laughs) I'm talking. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. What I was going to say is I think um, for a lot of people that work in hospitality, like let's say you're a server, you work at a restaurant, or you work in sales, your income structure varies month to month, right? Like sometimes, you know, you have, uh, if you're a server, you've got four Saturday shifts scheduled and you're going to rack in the tips, ching but let's say nobody comes in or like with what's going on right now all of a sudden restaurants indoors are shut down and that's going to affect your earning structure someone in sales someone in hospitality who has varying income month to month a good rule of thumb is to only rely on what's consistent month to month to cover your expenses and then use the additional income for some of your wants and to help you save So if you're a server, minimum wage for serving positions is a little bit lower because restaurants understand that you're earning a substantial amount through tips. And same thing goes for sales. Like when I worked in sales, my my base salary was, let's say, 20 to 30 percent of what my total income potential was. So good rule of thumb is to only rely on what's consistent month to month. Okay, great. Thank you for that. The third thing you guys need to keep in mind when preparing a budget is to be mindful of your reoccurring monthly bills. How are you allocating this money or your income coming in towards your bills? So for credit cards, we talked about this, but make sure you're not just paying your minimum payments of let's say $10. This is what can really lower your credit score and put you down that vicious loop or rabbit hole of high interest payments and get you more into debt. So make sure you're paying as much as possible and on time. Katie, what if I can only make the minimum payments right now? 
are you telling me that that I should not pay for rent and cover my credit card? No, of course. If you can't make the minimum payments, you can't. There's nothing you can do about that. And obviously you need to survive and you need to live. But if you can make those payments, I'm saying that you should. Because if you don't, you're just doing yourself a disservice and you're just going to rack up that debt and lower your credit score, which is eventually going to help you to purchase a home or other things that are going to be important to you in the future. So out of all bills, what should take precedence? Like where should I prioritize? Let's say I have a paycheck coming in, where should I put it towards? So firstly, you need to cover your basic living expenses, what you need to survive, your needs. So whether that be rent, whether that be putting food on the table for you and your family, things that you need in order to survive, you need to prioritize that. With that being said, When it comes to food, you don't need to buy the most expensive, you know, steaks or chicken. You can shop at more discount grocery stores. And once you have money left over from your needs, that should go to be paying off your debt, especially ones with high interest like we talked about, which are credit cards. So the next question you should always be asking yourself is, are you overspending in any category? So when I mean in any category, let's talk about your wants. Are you spending too much on that avocado toast? Are you going out for drinks way too often when you can buy, you know, a bottle of tequila from the LCBO and save a hundred bucks that night? You always need to be mindful of where you're spending and if you're overspending. And lastly, you should always keep in mind how much of your budget is going towards repaying debt. We briefly talked about this, but I believe at least 20% of your income should go towards paying your debt. Or if you have less debt, then maybe you can reduce that percentage. I'm putting towards uh, investing or saving, and we're going to teach you guys some great investing strategies. But like we said, the first place that you want to be at is having an emergency fund, getting rid of all your debt. That is the ultimate priority. So how, how should you break down your paychecks that are coming in and how do you ultimately budget? Katie talked about it briefly when I asked her about prioritizing and what sets precedence. So we have this rule that's pretty standard, pretty straightforward. It's called the 50-30-20 rule. 50-30-20. 50% of your income should always go towards your needs. So that whether that be housing, your car, groceries, travel, any expenses that you need in order to survive and be healthy. And if I can just cut in there for a second, if your needs are more than 50%, let's say 60 or 70% of your income or the money coming in, then maybe it's time to reconsider your needs. Maybe it's time to downsize or find an apartment or a condo with less rent or lower mortgage payments. So 50% is the standard that we're talking about, but ideally you'd want it to be less than 50%. Right, and Katie, that's a great point. Like, Let's say your rent is taking up more than 50% of your monthly paychecks. That's a pretty big red flag. That's going to make it really difficult to save and to pay off debt and to make room for the things that you actually want to buy in order to enjoy life. Like life is not all about penny pinching and getting to your ultimate goal. It's important to have those thoughts, but ultimately you still want to enjoy yourself, right? We've got one life, one opportunity to make the most out of it. Katie brought up a great point, especially when it comes to rent. In order to have your monthly expenses fit into 50% of your income that's coming in, maybe you want to get a roommate who, like you move into another space and a roommate can help you cover rental costs. Maybe you want to move a little bit further away from the city. If you are living in the downtown core, it can be very expensive. 
or maybe you want to move into a less premium building and that can also help you save a little bit. Maybe you're spending a lot on your car. Maybe it's time to sell your car and work on using public transit for a little bit or use Zipcar and and things like that. So there's always opportunities to help reduce the income that's going towards your needs. Katie talked about me um, buying groceries at discount stores and not buying things that are the same everywhere like crackers at places like Whole Foods and prioritizing where you're actually getting some of your food from. So there's always an opportunity to reduce things that come into that 50% category. And the same goes for the next one, the wants. So we say 30% of your income should go towards your wants, right? Making sure that you're enjoying yourself. Things like going out with friends, having drinks, shopping, your lattes, like that's where 30% of your income should go towards. So let's say you have an event coming up or it's somebody's birthday. Those are things you want to ultimately budget for ahead of time and put them into your wants category. Ideally, you know when some of your close friends' birthdays are or when things like Christmas are coming up and you should be able to plan backwards so you have an idea of how much you want to spend for this event. And if you're like us, we have a lot of weddings coming up next year, so it's something we need to account for in our budgets. Always budget and put around 30% can be less. Please try not to go over 30% towards your wants. I mean, ultimately, if you go over one month, not the end of the world, budgets are flexible and you control them. So what we've talked about before, it's important to be disciplined and make sacrifices for what you want long-term rather than what you want now. That's what self-discipline is. But, you know, things in life come up. Sometimes there's things that um, that change your plans and that's okay. <laughs> Just to uh, contrast a little bit, uh, yes, budgets are flexible, but I think with anything in life, consistency is key. Because if you, let's say, over budget or under budget one month and you're like, oh, budgets are flexible, that's fine. It might, again, shoot down this rabbit hole of continuing to not budget properly and you just telling yourself yeah, I'm going to do it the next month or it's okay, I overspent this month. Next month I'll make up for it. I'll underspend, which typically doesn't happen for most people. It's kind of like saying like you're going to go to the gym tomorrow. No, get out of that mindset. You know, people are thinking now, I I was talking to a friend and she's like, well, I'm going to plan for my goals for New Year's, right? Because the New Year's coming up. I think that's, there's a wrong mentality there. Like you can start today. Today is now. You have one opportunity to build the life that you want. And if you keep putting it off until tomorrow, well, tomorrow never comes because when you wake up tomorrow, it's today again. So always think about what you can do today to get you to where you want to be. We're going to have separate podcasts that help you build self-discipline because it's it's something that is built over time. Like nobody is just disciplined from the start. It's something that you've got to train yourself to be. Like motivation is fleeting. Nobody is motivated 100% of the time. Discipline is what gets you to your goals. And that leads me into the last part of the 50-30-20 rule. 20% of your income should always go towards your debt. That is an ultimate priority that's non-negotiable. I don't care what you're going through. 20% of your income should go towards covering your debt. If you can't hold yourself accountable while you're working towards that self-discipline piece, think about an angry Mika. Anytime that you're about to spend an extra amount that's going to cut into that 20% debt category, think about me, an image of me angry with a pot in my head about to smack you and say, nope, that's going towards your debt. That's great. It's like getting one of those personal trainers that like yell at you every time like you're about to work out or you eat something that's bad. With the 20% debt category, 
a good tip is maybe to set up auto monthly deposits that go into the account so you don't have to think about it or you can use your calendar and actually set up calendar invites or just like a block in your calendar that reminds you to transfer money into an account but what I personally like to do is as soon as a paycheck comes in right away I automatically transfer money into my savings account so that whatever's left in my account is what I use to budget for my needs and my wants and the money that's being saved automatically leaves the account. Yeah, that's great. It's it's a great tool that helps you with like out of sight, out of mind. So you have that money left over and you don't even take into consideration that you already saved all that money. So it, it helps you with your budget and helps you better allocate your remaining money towards your expenses. Okay, guys, so let's take this one step further. You're on your game. You've created a budget and you have a much better understanding of where your money goes. So what's next? It's important now to take a closer look at where you're spending your money and consider if you can make deeper cuts to create a wider gap between your monthly inflows and your monthly outflows. So the money that you're bringing in and the money that you're spending. For example, there's a lot of variable expenses that you might not use often, such as subscriptions, whether that be Netflix or gym memberships. It's important to keep in mind that the yearly impact of these expenses, whether that be $16 a month for your Netflix or $50 a month for a gym membership, you don't even use. I'm adding myself right now because I haven't used my gym membership in a very long time, which I keep paying for. So that may not seem like a big deal or a lot of money, but if you put that into perspective and if you take those monthly costs or expenses and times them by the 12 months, you will see that that $50 per month membership turns into $600 a year. And that $16 a month Netflix subscription turns into approximately another $200 a year, which really adds up. So if we take another step or another look at our budget and fine tune those expenses that we might not necessarily need or use or we know that's not good for us like watching binge watching Netflix all the time we can really help create a better budget and a better way for us to create more and reach our goals if you think about that gym membership that's $600 a year Let's say you have a subscription box that's $50 a month and, you know, some months you look forward to it, some months you get a bunch of junk that you don't actually need. Like, there's an easy expense you can cut out. That's another $600 a month. Free rent for one month? Why why wouldn't you want to be able to accumulate that? That's one-fifth of your emergency fund. It's always important to look at the grand scheme of things. So like we said, we don't want to teach you to focus on those $3 lattes. We want to focus on the $30,000 problems. But $3 lattes every day do add up. So as we said before, even though a $3 latte here and there won't really make a difference to your overall wealth, but if it's something you consume daily or weekly, it's great to put it into perspective to see how these costs really affect you on a yearly basis. Exactly. And the one biggest piece here is to look at how much money you have coming in. And ultimately, if you want to save more or cover your debt faster, the best way of doing that is thinking about how you can earn more money. 
So it's easy to think about where you can save $300 a month, and it's a little bit harder to think about ways to earn an extra $300. That way, though, you don't have to make any sacrifices about your lifestyle, right? Sometimes I think of saving and being in a constantly saving mentality. It can be a bit toxic. It can ostracize you from your friends, especially if your friends want to go out to eat and you're like, no, I'm trying to save so we can't go out because I hit my budget. Like, it's important to be strict sometimes. But ultimately, if your friends are the kind of people that love to spend time and, you know, maybe they earn a little bit more money than you do, think about where you can earn more to not have to sacrifice your lifestyle. So just to leave you guys with one last thought, in order to create and have financial wealth, you need to be a saver or you need to make bank. But in order to be rich, you need to do both. You need to make money and you need to save. So just keep that in mind. Think about how the rich stay rich. A lot of the times they have smart choices about where they're spending their money. There you go, guys. That was a quick little personal finance 101. We hope you're no longer allergic to the word budget and that you do sign up for our email list on our website and get a hold of this amazing budget template that we have to offer you guys. So we have a separate episode recorded about how to earn more money and different kinds of income streams. So stay tuned for our next guest, Michelle Molino, the founder of Female Co-Founder. Bye guys.